This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, this is Kishore Kandavali, founder CEO of 7T, based in Dallas, Texas. What I love about retail is, is that the retail industry is going through this wonderful transformation. For years and years, consumers have been going to retail stores to shop. But now, the same consumers expect the retail storefront to come to their living room. Not only that, but also expect the retailers to know what they want. And this is a wonderful transformation the entire retail industry is going through right now. From New York City, you're listening to Retail is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Retail is Your Business. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Rico, and the other one of your hosts is Rebecca Fitz. Hi, Rebecca Fitz. Hello, Mark. How are you? Good. I think that's what I'm going to do for now. I'm going to use your entire name when I talk to you. I love it. I love it. It's like nobody just says Wesley. They say Wesley Snipes. You know, no one, no one, you know, no one ever, ever says, uh, uh, you know, just Clinton. They say Bill Clinton. You know, it's, it's, it comes it's, in two directions, by the way. Either people want to say Rebecca Fitz or they just want to say Fitz. So let's go with the Rebecca Fitz if we're going to do it. Okay. Do, pe- do people just call you Fitz sometimes? Occasionally. Depends <laughs> on the relationship. It's funny, my wife's nickname for me, she doesn't call me puppy or love or any of those schmoopy names. She calls me Rachel, like with an L. Because because I've had a few, when I pronounce, uh, I spell my name Rako, the people think sometimes I'm saying L instead of O, and then they write down R-A-C-L as if in any language on earth, that would be the spelling of a name. And then, so she thinks that's hilarious, so she refers to me as, hey, Rachel. Anyway, so there's a little tidbit for you from inside the Rachel household. Um, anyway, uh, good to see you, Rebecca, and good to see our guest, uh, Kishore Kandivali. Uh, great to meet you, Kishore. Thank you so much for joining us. Where are you uh, joining us from? Uh, Mark, I'm based out of Dallas. That's where I am today. Ah. Awesome. I love it. I love it. We just talked to someone from Munich. Now we're talking to someone from Dallas. Who knows what's next? I love the 21st century from that standpoint. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm going to get it out of the way here, uh, Rebecca. <laughs> get, how are you doing, Kishore? Are you, are you uh, hanging in there with the pandemic? Have you been weathering it okay? Are you okay? Yeah, it, it's been a hot spot uh, for a while, but now things seem to calm down. And uh, we hope uh, with the vaccine around the corner, we expect to see normalcy pretty soon. Well, from your mouth to God's ears, my friend. Um, so, Kishore, uh, sort of very interested in your uh, company. Uh, and I'm just going to read. I don't normally start this way in an interview. I love to sort of dive in the middle of the pool and swim back. But I want to just read what I, what I have here. You are a – your company, 7T, is a custom software development firm that works on projects ranging from mobile apps – to large enterprise platforms. And you personally are, as the founder of 7T, are specifically passionate about transforming the retail industry, specifically the customer's buying experience and integrating technology within that journey. And um, 
what sort of interested me about this statement that was provided to us through your publicist, to be honest, trying to pull him back the curtain, that doesn't tell me a lot. Meaning, I think I think in many ways most innovators are looking to transform the industry that they have, particularly if they're in technology innovation, um, and whether they're trying to transform the B two B aspect of things or the consumer experience or the buying experience or whatever. So the question I would like to start with is, what is actually driving you? As you innovate in your company, as you come up with the next big idea from 7T, what is really the mission you're actually trying to accomplish? Because transforming the industry or improving the customer's buying experience, to me, you know, they say like something's the symptom, but it's not the disease or something is uh, the, the result, but it's not really what was done. In this case, I feel like we have what you're doing, but not why you're doing it. So right. what is the driving force here and the the main real inside your heart mission of 70? Got, got it. Yeah. So, Mark, I've been in the technology space for over 20 years. And this is, I consider, the golden era, the last four or five years, uh, because with, with mobile devices becoming omnipresent everywhere and the data that we're collecting from the devices and the, from the people is so much. So you must have heard of big data, cloud, and all of these buzz terms. So what we are trying to do now as a technologist is collect all the data and make it usable for the, for the consumers, for the end users. So what drives me is we've been developing really complex software for over 20 years. But for the first time, we are seeing the technology really completely transforming not only just retail, but any industry that we're in. So for me, I want to leave a mark uh, in the next five years, 10 years, that this is something that I've done that changed the consumer behavior of the top uh, users of the technology, right? And that's what I look forward to every single day. And we, we're almost like a think tank. We come up with a new idea and half the time we develop things that not never been developed before uh, in the world. And that's what excites me. I want to be the first in, in a small little way. Well, that's a, that works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what is your focus right now with 7T, especially given the pandemic? Um, how, if at all, has that shifted your focus or what you were working on? Did that just say, wow, what, we were really sort of lucked out from the standpoint that this is what was on our radar. This was what we were rolling out and it really fit the moment. So did you have to adjust or did you or change your focus or what you brought out now was like, man, what timing? Right. So there, there are a couple of uh, technologies, one specifically in retail space that turned out to be right time, right place. So about two years ago before the pandemic and, and anything has begun. One of our um, partners came up to us and said, hey, we are developing custom um, cheerleading outfits. And the, the, the way they were doing was um, they, they, they call it the fit kits. They have small, medium, large adult kids. And, and they send these fit kits for athletes to try on to figure out what size they are. And they're made of cheap cloth and they're reusable to a certain extent. So 
for that particular problem that they're trying to solve for the business issue, uh, they have about 20, 25% return because of poor sizing, because its fit kits get elongated, you know, stretched, and, and they don't get the right measurements. So what they came up to us was, hey, why don't you develop a mobile app so that we can take the, the measurements uh, through the phone and send it directly to the factory and get the measurements that way? So we said, sure, no one has done it, and, and we, we did that. And they reduced their production cycle from six weeks to a week, and they reduced their returns from 25% to 4%, right? So, uh, and it's been uh, in production and used for over two years. And Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, they also use the same technology to custom manufacture their cheerleading outfits. So, and that was the genesis of it. So, when the pandemic hit earlier this year, and we said no one is going to the shops and retails because of the pandemic, and no one even even trying to go to the fitting rooms and try the clothes on because we don't know who tried them before and people are concerned about it. So what we thought about is why don't we extend the same concept completely develop a new technology that takes that into the living rooms of the people. So you set your phone up and on a desktop or a table or an, and take your measurements within you know 30 seconds a minute and then um, get only see the sizes that fit you, uh, whether it's men or women and you know there are different sizes based on different manufacturers. So if I'm on um, a retail website, um, I take my measurements and I upload them, and so I only see uh, medium in one brand and large in another brand and small in another brand because everybody sizes their sizes differently. So that's that's the whole concept, and I don't have to leave uh, my home and I'm able to shop. I know exactly what sizes I'm going to get, and that's that's the initial rollout, and and it gets better. And I want to pause there and then. Hold, hold the better part for a little bit. Very cool, by the way. And sizing is, um, you know, a huge issue in the, the fashion industry. Um, and whoever solves it or um, a conglomerate of people who solve it is um, will be very important. Um, so qu- question for you, and this is a little maybe Mickey Mouse-ish, but I think the retail sector has is, is hugely creative, lots of different people in it, obviously, from a sales associate all the way up to, you know, CEOs um, who are probably coming up with, and by the way, Inside Dirt, I am always thinking, what is a cool app I can come up with that'll be like, you know, my pie in the sky? Um, So when people approach the company, is it is it individuals or is it usually a company saying, you know, we have this core idea or we are a company and we need to create an app to 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 boost our business, to be omnichannel, to fill fill a void? Yeah. So in this particular space that I just talked about, they, they tend to be small to medium sized retailers. Uh, and not really the big chain stores, uh, because you know small medium retail outlets they they don't have the bandwidth or infrastructure or the resources to develop cutting edge technology, and that's really what we are going after. We wanted to have the small mom and pop retailers have the same technology that a big multi billion dollar retail outlet will have. 
So why can't we want to level the playing field so that they don't have to go to a distributor or a big um, website, and I don't want to name any names here, and lose 20 30% of their margin. We want to be able to have these direct small retailers directly take it to consumers with the same level of technology that the big companies offer. Um, so to answer your question, Rebecca, most of the time the business folks come to us with a problem. They don't necessarily know what the technical solution is. They say, here's the problem, here's what is causing me a bunch of money, how do I fix this? So as technologists, we don't say, you know, do this in that technology, this technology. We, our, our goal is to solve a business problem. So we say, hey, here's how we're going to solve the problem, and it's what it's going to cost you in the timeline and all of that. So that's typically how we approach it. Very interesting. So it, I'm focusing on the app, but it could be a number of different solutions um, that that you might come up with. Um, by the way, I love the mom and pop thing because obviously, again, we try to avoid talking about the pandemic occasionally. But um, I think, you know, if technology were more of mom and pop businesses, they're saying 70% of them are going to be going away from us after the pandemic. Um, the ones that have adapted technology or I think have, you know, seeked out new technology to help their business, you know, will be some of the survivors for sure. Um, so it, it'll be interesting um, to see to see what happens in that category. I hope it's not 70% for sure. Very, very interesting. Um, and is there an example, I guess, you know, I work for a retail company that is a platform as well. Um, is there a platform example that you can use where somebody came and that was, you know, you solved it that way? Sure. There are the number of applications that we do. I'm trying to be cognizant of confidentiality without giving too much away. But yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So we, for example, this, when we rolled out this sizing app, uh, you know, we didn't even do any publicity or marketing. We just happened to put it on our website and we started getting inquiries from all over the world. And, and the whole idea of, um, you know, people from uh, Middle East saying that, hey, we make custom suits for men. We want to be able to uh, eliminate a lot of the back and forth, them coming to the store and all of that going to the tailor so and 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 we we had uh, really startups from asia reach out to us hey we want to use the technology so then i said how do i make this technology enable to everybody across the world and we we all take measurements they all believe it or not whether it's men women or kids we we take the same measurements to outfit um the folks so and that's the whole idea the platform and, and the extension of what we are doing is no one else is doing this now. Once you take your measurements of your body, and we don't have to take pictures, we just scan the body, get all the measurements, and fit you right right on the computer or the phone uh, with the right size clothes. And, and the next beauty of it is we're using augmented reality technology. We will be using augmented reality technology to put the clothes on you see what they look like immediately. So you don't have to go to the fitting room. You don't have to go to the trial rooms. You know exactly that you're getting the right size clothes. And also, not only that, you also we can see what you look like immediately. And then you can decide. So those are the two. The, the business problem we're trying to solve is when people buy clothes either online or at the store, 
the returns are there, about 20-25%, depending on the industry you're in, specifically men and women. So the the two main reasons people return are the misfit of the size, and number two is, eh, it doesn't look like doesn't look great on me. It looks great on the pictures. And so we're trying to eliminate the top two reasons why they return the clothes. Really interesting because returns is certainly a hot um, item, a topic um, in retail. Um, and, you know, you'd think we were growing away from this a little bit, um, but it still happens today in advertising. I think advertising has gotten a lot better, but I often have this conversation with myself where I said, I am not this five, seven blonde woman who looks stunning in this, you know, A-line dress. I am, you know, five, one, um, and, and not blonde. How will it equate? Um, and so it is very cool. I know they do it with haircuts and things where you can kind of see what the haircut would look like. Um, but clothing agreed is really, um, I'm not a great returner, but you know, if it really isn't lying right, or <laughs> it's not the way I thought it looked at, you know, it, it should look on me, you know, it, it's going to go back. So, um, interesting. I, yeah. I'm no fashion expert, but what's important is what not, what is not what looks good to you. What looks good on you is more important. Absolutely. Cause it'll go in the drawer and it'll never come out. Yep. Well, I think that I think that also answers a little bit. You know, one of the things that's well known is within apparel. I mean, uh, this brand's large is very different than this brand's large, uh, or or even sizes. You know, I mean, you can buy a size whatever shoe, and it does it doesn't always fit perfectly, even though hypothetically it should, because it's the same size. It's just it's just variant. So the more you can get it exact, obviously that comes to the root of the problem. Kishore, I'm curious. Uh, with with full respect to what you're talking about in this particular product, this particular uh, um, Fit Freedom app uh, that you're referring to, I assume, is uh, this is not the first fitting app that's available on the market. Uh, what is it that you're offering that says, oh, no, everybody, this is the way that you do this? What is What is it that you've accomplished with this that nobody else had accomplished yet that makes you – the leader or should be the leader? Right. The two components. Most of the apps that are fitting apps that are out there, uh, they developed it themselves. They want to buy it from that retail. You know, you, you know, whoever has it or you have an app, we, we'll fit you and then you have to buy from our site. What we, Number one, what we're trying to do is we're creating, like Rebecca said, we're creating a platform that everybody can use. Uh, a mom and pop platform a company out of you know Des Moines, Iowa, they can quickly take this and they pay us based on the number of measurements that that they use it for. And all of a sudden, we're putting them on the map with the latest and greatest technology. And number two, obviously, you know, accuracy is such a such an important thing. There's so many players out there that say they're accurate, but not really. So we we have used this technology with brand names such as Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Uh, and number two, which no one else is doing, is we will show you how it looks on you immediately as long as you upload uh, a picture to your phone and we can show you exactly what it looks like. And, and the third part of it is accessories. So once you have a dress, and especially for women, hey, you want to see what a handbag looks like? You want to see a pair of earrings? What do they look like on you with this dress? You know, those are all the things that, that we're going to offer for everybody across in, in the world. 
so I have two immediate questions about that. One is, um, uh, and it's funny because uh, as I envisioned this conversation, I didn't want to I didn't want to center too much on this app as the singular thing we're talking about. But I think this is a fascinating topic. Um, one thing is, I imagine that there are a lot of people out there that even though it's very useful to see how they would look in this particular garment virtually, a lot of people don't really want to look at themselves because part of the reason they're trying to get that exact fit is, is it's hard for them to find things that fit. And in America, for sure, you know, the average person isn't really a size zero model. And so a lot of us, when we see ourselves in the mirror, our usual expression is ugh. And so to see myself in a very clinical way displayed with the reality of my body type and then how something fits on me may not be pleasurable. How, how do you overcome what I believe is that reality? And then I'll get to my second question after you respond to that. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Like I said, I'm not. I'm no fashion expert, but uh, what what I do tell you is, yes, U.S. Uh, people tend to have certain perspective, perspective, but there's a lot more uh, fashion consciousness outside of the U.S., especially Europe and Asia, and among men. And and I know it's it's slowly changing here. Uh, even men are a lot more getting a lot more conscious about you know how they appear, um, but. Still, even if you're not size zero, um, we we do want to look our best in, in the clothes that we wear, right? You know, obviously, who who doesn't want to look their best, whether colors wise and size wise and everything, and you don't you don't want to have an oversize to to look, you know, even even bigger than who you are, really. So, um, but I agree with you. Um, sometimes some folks don't want to look at themselves, but um, vast majority, especially. Uh, women, they don't want to look at themselves and see. They want to see how the, how the dresses look on themselves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm just speaking hypothetically. I am obviously a size zero, but uh, not true. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the, the, the second question I had is on one of our other shows, uh, Fashion is Your Business on, on Mouth Media, we, we talked about the uh, the anticipated prevalence of virtual fashion as that technology of uh, well, virtual retail spaces, obviously uh, virtual fitting rooms and, and now ultimately the, the potential for virtual fashion. So, you know, I'm on my zoom call. I can rent an Armani suit or gown from, you know, um, Milan or wherever and, uh, and have it shaped to me. And I rent it for a day and I wear it for a special occasion and it fits on me virtually. We're getting closer and closer to that reality. So so obviously that's going to be more – have more potential if that virtual apparel actually can fit my body as my computer knows my body size or shape is. Uh, is this an area that you've looked at as on your radar and how you're thinking about another application of your – of your technology beyond physical apparel? Uh, no, we have not looked at the virtual stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a realist and a pragmatist. And when, when, you know, believe it or not, when you wear good clothes and good fitting clothes, it makes you feel good. And not only not makes you look good, but also makes you feel good. It brings the confidence up. But we have not, we're not into virtual reality. 
uh, of how you know to improvise things and we're all the physical tangible things what if you could tell your story the story of your brand your product the compelling story of the sourcing of materials or ingredients or even tips for getting the best use out of your products what if you could engage your consumer amplify their experience or even improve conversion or initiate sales at points they don't usually happen what if you could connect with your consumer wherever they happen to be in the store on your website in the bathroom or even on the go what would that be worth to you it's time you learned about story dot from mouth media network short form audio stories consumers can access with their smartphone in brick and mortar locations on physical product or even embedded into your website it's where commerce advertising and the consumer meet being competitive requires every advantage you can implement so discover storydot today at www.storydot.com that's www.storydot.com retail is kind of you know open for some disruption it's going through some it seems like it always is um and we talk about constantly on the show is how complex it is and and how many issues are it so uh just to take it out of you know custom measurements or measurements um what if you can tell us you know what else are you looking at or again without giving any you know, confidentiality away. Um, what else are people calling about um, within retail that um, they're working on where an application or a platform is a solution? What what I'm seeing, which is more evolving, is uh, device, you must have heard a, a coined phrase called IoT, um, Internet of Things, any devices, small devices. So we are seeing an integration of the devices become more intertwined with our lives on a day-to-day basis. When I when I say device, I don't necessarily mean a phone or a computer, even tinier devices. Um, for example, there is one cool application that we developed, a, uh, a specialized sous vide cooking, and and that uh, machine will will basically make dishes for you while you're sitting in the office. Once we get back to the office. Um, you can set it up and operate the machine um, from from office, and by the time you get, get to home, your your dinner is ready. And that's that's a, an example of retail coming into devices as well. So, and we you know, this is a little bit moving away from retail, um, but we are developing a groundbreaking uh, application where we can. Um, create a clone of a person, digital clone. Um, so, and there's so many applications in retail. Once we're able to do that, we, we're just doing alpha testing. We want to do beta testing of that. And the applications, implications of that in retail are enormous. Um, so, for example, you know, we know what you're going to like to eat, Rebecca, on which days, and we, we establish your eating patterns, your dining patterns, and entertaining patterns, and we are one step ahead of yourself. 
telling you what you're going to look for. Right. It's, it's fascinating. It really does all um, lead back to retail. I was just looking, there are a lot of them coming online. Um, you know, specialty ovens. I'm not sure I would totally trust my app turning on my oven uh, while I wasn't at my home. But, you know, um, another thing that I think the pandemic has driven is um, if you're lucky enough to have a job um, and, you know, I am, it's really, it starts, you know, like a gun going off over my head in the morning and it doesn't end until late in the evening. Um, And I think part of that is startup life, but we've all talked about, what are some food services we can order? So instead of going out when there was nothing open, um, that you could just go into the refrigerator and I eat like a frozen meal or something, just heat up. And obviously we've gotten, um, you know, better and better. So frozen meals aren't out there, but, um, I certainly can see, no pun intended, the application of, um, technology coming in and, and some of these ways, which is, um, fascinating. Kishore, uh, before we, uh, jump to any personal questions, I, I want to ask you, aside from fitting technology, uh, as you look ahead, uh, again, as Rebecca has said so aptly a couple times, without giving away the secret sauce or your, uh, you know, the, the the things that make you special, what do you think is the next big thing for the retail industry in terms of innovation, technology innovation? That's that's probably going to be where your development's going to head, and frankly, just the industry is going to be turning to, and it could be a you know, the next generation of something else, perhaps, you know, augmented reality, but the next big thing in augmented reality is going to likely be this because of something else. Yeah. Any insights on that? Yeah, I, I, it may, this may be underwhelming for you, um, Mark, but where we are headed is <laughs> the, the the cycle of the supply chain cycle of from the place where a, a clothing or any piece of item made to the end where the consumer is is using it, whether it's a T-shirt or or a pen or or anything. I think the number of people in that sales cycle, uh, supply chain cycle, are going to be reduced to to minimum because the technology is enabling where it's being made and what is my my price what is the cost versus what's the price and i think uh, with so many other players out there um, the, the middlemen that are making markup and, and margins on that is going to be reduced the, the consumer is going to benefit from it and the technology is headed that way and the price transparency is going to be there uh, going forward what, what do you think about the those who say that the next big thing in technology, I'm not challenging what you said. I totally understand it. And, um, and, and, uh, uh, it didn't underwhelm me. I think you're right on the nose, but I, I think in fact, to that point, what do you say to, uh, to people that suspect that a lot of the innovation is going to be about how we lasso previously existing technology that feels a little outdated now, but there are new implications to it if we can connect that quote outdated technology in new ways that new technology makes possible. I'm going to give you an example, like QR codes are, have made a major resurgence this year right after being pronounced, you know, 
no heartbeat. And uh, it's because necessity was the mother of reinvention. And now new technology has made use of QR codes and allowed them to have a different kind of relevance uh, because they are the bridge to which that new technology becomes available in a way. Right. Um, just using that as an example. So what do you say to, to those, those who predict that that's a big part of what's next in terms of innovation? Yeah, the QR code from, from a technical geek perspective is, is a small piece of innovation. It doesn't really, you know, barcodes to QR codes is not a true, true innovation, in, in my opinion, uh, but, you know, not to upset anyone. But the, the, the way the whole industry is going, the, the whole mindset is going, millennials, especially the younger folk that are growing, that grew up with cell phones and smartphones and technologies, they don't want to put any effort in finding what they want. They expect you, if you're trying to sell something, if you're a retailer, if you're a service provider, they expect you to know what they want and, and give it to them right there. They, they don't expect to go and search for something because, hey, at the, at, the, at the expense of my privacy, I'm willing to share data about myself, but tell me what I'm looking for. And you, you should know that. So whoever can can get there faster, whoever can understand what the consumer behavior is and and put it on a platter, those are going to be the winners. Obviously, technology is going to get get to them. I'll give you, I'll bring you a full circle back. You asked me what excites me. Um, as a technical geek, as an innovator, um, I'm constantly looking for how do I make this better. I was on a, before the pandemic, I was on a trip to overseas, went, went to my home country, India, and um, my bags got lost. They didn't show up for two days. I said, in this day and age, the bags shouldn't get lost. They should know, we should know, I should know where my bags are at any given time. So I have come up with the technology now for less than a dollar, I know exactly where my bags are at any given time. And it's going to be rolled out to whether it's bags, airline bags, or something else, you send a FedEx package or UPS package, important document. For less than a dollar, I want to know exactly where everything is. If it gets lost by, by the carrier, um, I know where it is. I'll tell them where it is to find out. So that, that's one thing that we're working on. Another small example, my um, lawn sprinklers went out for a week, for 30 days, and, and I nobody found out until the landscaping that, hey, there was a trip and the water wasn't coming up. I said, I should know. In this day and age, can I come up with a technological piece that will alert me, hey, the, the circuit tripped, right? Those are all the things that we constantly, I constantly look for. How do I leverage the technology that's already out there and find an application to make our lives easier and simpler? Great. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll run through some, a quick round of personal questions right up to this. Every business has at least one big pivotal moment. The moment when you say, okay, we're at this turning point, so then what? I'm Lahari Neil Peretti, founder of LN Accounting Advisor. I hope you'll join me each week on my podcast, Then What? As we talk with successful business leaders who push past their business's biggest then what moments 
and succeed in an even bigger way because of effective leadership and solid business practices. It's inspiring and deeply useful information for any entrepreneur. Subscribe to Then What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find the best podcasts. So Kishore, you mentioned you're from India. What is your favorite Indian dish? Um, and one to eat and number two to cook. Okay. Uh, chicken tikka masala. I think you, I think you hit him where his heart is there, Rebecca. <laughs> I, a big smile came <laughs> on too. his well, face. And I wasn't sure of the cooking thing. You could always be like, I don't cook Rebecca. See you, you know, later. So number two, you can throw out the window, but I, I have a sense that you you're, you're doing both. Well, I do both. You know, once the weekend, I make breakfast and, and lunch for, for the entire family, Saturday and Sunday. I love to cook. I'm a chemical engineer by trade. Uh, in a mixing things and cooking things is my favorite hobby, and it's a stress reliever, too. So if you were to pick an Indian dish, pick chicken tikka masala, uh, which is not too spicy. And, and, and the, if, if done right, the chicken is very tender, and it, there's a lot of... Uh, gravy and you can eat it with bread and rice and you can't go wrong excellent and would that be for eating and cooking yeah cooking is you can do it fairly simply as well and i i kind of uh, made my own version for my kids uh, my kids don't eat too much spice and i kind of uh, it, it's fairly easy to make you can you can google it or you can find it, it's, it it'll be fun Absolutely. I'm always fascinated by people's secret culinary skills or not so secret. <laughs> All right. So Kishore, what I, uh, my question for you is, as you think about the things, uh, may, may I ask you, are you married? Do you have any kids? Any Anything like that in your life? Yeah, I'm married. I have two kids, a boy and a girl. Boy is 12. Girl is turning nine in a couple of weeks. Wow. Okay. So here's my question. Can you sort of go through your family? You don't have to get personal here, but uh, what is the differences in the types of technology that appeals to the different people in your family? And you see like, because everyone's a different person at a different age or different gender, that there's different types of technology, uh, whether it's retail or entertainment or whatever, that that seems to really connect with that person in a different way. So, for example, what what connects with you as technology versus, say, your wife? And then how are your kids different now that they're a different generation? Oh, yeah. My kids are completely different uh, compared to my wife and I, for sure. So for me, as a technologist, uh, you know, I, I look at technology to simplify my life. That's really uh -huh. my whole philosophy. It's like if I'm doing X, let's say I'm looking for streaming content. I know what kind mm -hmm. of uh, content that I like. I expect the streaming devices to have them up there readily available to, to make it more efficient. As I'm an engineer by trade, and I look mm -hmm. for efficiency constantly. So my wife, on the other hand, she looks for constantly look for something new, innovation. It's like, hey, I've tried that, I've seen this, give me something new, right? She looks relies yep. on technology for something completely new, right? But my yep. son, who is more technology than I am, he giggles anytime there's no device, new device comes in, and he's, he's like, how do I make use of this? 
And his personality yeah. is so different. He doesn't like to use any of the instructions. He doesn't like to read any of the instructions. He, that, that's, it's <laughs> fascinating to me because he expects any device that's there to be to so user-friendly that he doesn't need to read oh, the instructions. Right. right. So that's the expectation. He's a 12-year-old. So, but he, he loves the gadgets, but it's like, and it's got to be readily usable. Um, so that's that's a different personality. My daughter, who is more traditional, like give me the book, I'll read it, and and then she, you know, she's kind of my like my wife, and it's like, hey, I, I like I like something new, something exciting. But my my son, he, he loves the gadgets. He loves new things. Very nice. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, any final thought you'd like to leave behind to our listener? I know it puts you on the spot a little bit, but if, if you could leave behind a, a specific piece of uh, insight or wisdom or reflection uh, about the retail industry or about innovation within retail, what would it be? Yeah, I, I would say rather than innovation in general, retail is going through huge transformation. So far, only the big companies have adopted the technology. But there's so many upcoming new companies, startup companies that are coming up with so much creative technology, not just retail, but across all industries. And I think in the next two, three years, our lives are going to completely be simplified, right? In, in the sense that um, we don't have to do as much to find what we're looking for. And we don't have to worry about, hey, I just overpaid for this item. I X, Y, Z somewhere else, I could have paid a lot less. I think that problem is going to go away as well. Thank you very much. And how can people connect with you and 7T uh, if they want to reach out, whether that's email, website, social media, LinkedIn, et cetera? Yeah, our, our email is, my website is very simple, number 7t.co. My email is kk, my initials, at 7t.co. So find us, call us. That may be the shortest email address anywhere. I love it. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Kishore Kandavali, the founder of uh, 7T, a uh, super cool company uh, that makes super cool things uh, and uh, helps us become even more super cool and super profitable. So, Kishore, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Dallas. Thank you, Mark. All right, that's it for this episode of Retail is Your Business. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. For Rebecca Fitz. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This has been Retail is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business.